This is CliffCentral.com. I'm Jonathan. And uh, yeah, Ramon is present. Oh, for a second there, I thought you might not be. No, I am, I am. I'm just, um, I think our guests will have a bit of a deja vu. Well, our guests or our listeners? I mean, our listeners. And our guests. Uh, and our guests. Because yeah. we were on his show a few weeks back, and we released that a few weeks back as audio. <laughs> and now the fuck is back in town, so we have to like host him. Yeah, we, we thought, you know, he's around and he's kind of just standing at the airport, like waiting for someone to collect him. Of course, the DA is quite inefficient in Johannesburg, so no one arrived. Um, and there he was, just standing at, at uh, our tambo. Yeah, they can't insource their own personnel. It's disgraceful. Now that he flew up from Khoisan International Airport. Um, that, I thought it was Ashwin Willemsa International Airport. Um, it, it might be, who knows. Um, by the end of this, he'll be claiming that he's Khoisan. So. Why don't you just go on like? Like this and I'll fill in like I'll be back in half an hour I'm sure we can but it's much more fun with you involved uh, <laughs> our guest in studio is Ronaldo Gos uh, aka South Africa's largest YouTuber nope um, so uh, the, and uh, in the same way we are the largest podcast <laughs> When it suits us. <laughs> Whenever you're above Eusebius, eh? On the you list. Take the screenshot. <laughs> yes. Um, so can you not fucking ruin our statistics? <laughs> just discredit us completely. Um, yeah, well, we, we have no idea what we're going to talk about. You you said just before we started recording, you, you want to talk about Lauren Southern. Okay, but now, now it sounds like I've got something for this woman, which is not the case. I, well, I, 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 I was just throwing out topics a, she's there. She's attractive. Yeah. Well, it's actually a he. I believe. I think that's the correct. Is that term. how she identifies? Yeah, yeah. In Canada, she's a he. <laughs> I thought she was an attack helicopter. That too. She, oh. She's many things. It depends on, I think, what um, identity she wakes up with in the morning. Okay, fine. Have, have but, you watched her, 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 her I did. documentary? I did. I honestly did, and I, and I watched it with an open mind. Um, you know, there's this narrative that if you speak up for all murders in this country, then for some reason you are against farm murders whenever somebody brings up farm murders. It's one of those narratives where it's either the extreme or the extreme or the opposite end. Um, I watched the documentary. I have to say that I, I was disappointed. I expected more, especially considering the hype of the documentary. Uh, I think it was hyped for about three, four months. Um, and when I actually watched it, I was like, okay, so she interviewed two individuals. There were many people that she could have interviewed. Um, she also didn't show the, the graphic nature of, of the murder, murders that take place, which I acknowledge takes place. Um, so yeah, I was honestly disappointed. The one big issue that I have with the documentary is that she failed to give the, the broader statistics of this, of what is actually going on in this country because it would have made a documentary a lot weaker or the impact thereof rather. Well, at least what she was trying to say. Yeah, she was. She's she's sort of pushing the 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 sort of organised genocide narrative. Yeah, she she actually. I have to take my hat off to her. She did say that she doesn't think that there's a white genocide taking place because I think if she made that statement, she would be proven wrong according to the t- uh, statistics. So she played a clever game. Um, but yeah, with that being said, um, I, I think that she didn't get the point across. Uh, look, if you are 
in South Africa or you're South African and you want to put the, the emphasis on farm murders, then anybody that watches that documentary will be happy. Um, but I do think that there are a bunch of people out there that expected more. Well, I mean, my big problem with it was it, it sort of, as with most documentaries, there's a kernel of truth in everything she says, but the inf- inference that she wants you to have is false. So she, she showed why people in these dire situations, which do exist, right? Uh, farm murder victims, uh, farm attack victims, these uh, poor whites in these uh, camps. But why not just take like a two-second shot of Santon City where you got everyone, the richest people in the country, black and white and Indian and Arab, just doing shopping, for example. Like, this is not everything there is to South Africa. There's these, there are these, these various... Um, not civilizations. What's a better way to put it? There's various things in the country, and she's like, and the worst thing is, she made the ANC look competent. Like the ANC is like really trying to fuck the whites, but maybe they're trying, but they're really bad at it, so to speak. Well, that that's also the thing. I mean, if if she, if she wanted to come with the white genocide narrative, I mean, how long is it going to take at the current rate to actually? Remove white people from this country Or kill out all of them It's going to take hundreds if not thousands of years At the current rate I think black individuals No, no, but what I'm saying is If you're trying to make that argument You have to look at the statistics And that is what the statistics tells us Um, But to get back to the point I mean, I think you can answer your own question The reason she didn't show that Was for the simple fact that She didn't want that narrative out there. She didn't so. want to show that there is multiculturalism that works in this country. She wanted to show that there are white people that are suffering in this, in, in this country. And I mean, if you, if you, uh, show that to a Canadian audience or you show that to an American audience, then three murders a week sounds like, uh, you know, there's a war going on. But when you leave out the fact that there are 54 murders that takes place a day in this country and the majority of victims are Black individuals And uh, you know then it, then it creates A different narrative Yeah but I mean The stats say A different story Ronaldo I mean If you strip out Social fabric crimes And things like that Farm murders Are Targeted And As Adam Sirut Has argued And I read his book Targeted and, and unique In certain ways In the same way That copper theft Is unique Or the same way As rhino poaching Is unique Millions of animals Get poached But we focus on the rhino Because it's a unique Set of circumstances that leads to terrible circum, to terrible consequences. So, I mean, that's why I think to, to say that, oh, there's only, you know, three murders a week and there's 50 murders daily. So it's not, I'm not, you're not saying it's not a problem. I don't want to put yeah. words in your hands, in your mouth rather. But the nature of farm murders is different from the nature of most murders. How can you prove that though? Well, he does so in his book. Okay, well, because, I, I'm, I'm going to because the culprits book. are not known to the victims, uh, because they found um, planning months and weeks of planning in advance. Uh, the brutality is off the charts compared to most murders. And if you strip out social fabric murders, that's murders that, that are people are drunk or they know each other or there's a bar fight or there's a fight at a stadium or things like that. If you strip that out, and it's only targeted murders. Farmers are targeted more than any other group in the country by far. No, I, I'm, I'm listening to the two of you. I, uh, oh, okay. I, I, are you Sweden? I, I, I think. Look, I, I haven't read Ernst's book yet, but I think what he what he's trying to get to is um, he's really motivating that there should be 
special focus on farm murders, and he's he's making that case. He's he's saying. He's saying, look, uh, if you take out, as Ramon's saying, social fabric, domestic violence, uh, people who know each other. So there are 54 murders, but um, I think he… 60, 66% of them are social fabric crimes. So so he, his argument would be, you know, the majority of those murders are people who know each other or, as Ramon says, bar fights, things like that. Um, and not, I assume, hijackings or, or, or just house robberies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so some of them are random. But but I but some are targeted. I dispute that though because I I've based on the statistics that and I mean look I'm going to read Aaron's book so my argument here isn't based on what he said although it is based on the assumption that there's a specific target on on farm murders and it's more brutal that claim it's it's something that that itches at me and the reason for that is we know that there's 54 murders a day in this country what we honestly don't know is the brutality of all of them we don't know. We don't know whether 50 of them are people are raped or tortured before. Um, but, and, and this is one element why I have to praise AfriForum. AfriForum does a fantastic job at getting the statistics so that they can back up their claims. Sure. So they're doing a fantastic job. And from different sources. Yes, true. Well, in the book at least. But, there's like seven sources. So a lot of people say that I'm against AfriForum, which I'm not. I had a debate with Adams Roots on my channel, and I have to say that I was really impressed with, with Adams. And uh, it, it shows that mainstream media also like affected me in a bit because I had this prejudice towards who I'm, who I'm going to debate. And I'm, I'm assuming it's the same for AfriForum. But to get back to the point is the fact that AfriForum does a fantastic job at getting the statistics of, of the murders that affect um, or rather far murders. What AfriForum unfortunately doesn't do or don't do rather is that they do not get the statistics of the other crimes. They don't because it is not known. And unfortunately we don't have other organizations that do that on behalf of Osa people or Zulu people. And I think that if we had something like that and we could see the brutality of what's going on around this country every day with regards to murders then I do think that that the picture would change a little bit. But I mean, if there's an organisation that focuses on on, say, there were 74 journalists murdered every year, and this organisation comes out and says we have to investigate this because there's it's a targeted crime against a group of individuals against an occupation. Are you going to be like, oh yes, but there's like you know, uh, 25 taxi drivers killed every year, so we need to focus on that as well. Why don't you let people focus on what they need to focus on? Um, as a mandate from their members and try support them because by focusing on that and trying to solve that issue, the consequences flow where rural, for example, if you solve farm attacks, rural safety is better for everyone in the rural areas, not just farmers. Mm-hmm. It's better for the, for the workers, for the communities they come from, for food security. There's a lot of consequences of solving farm murders, so to speak. So I think it's with respect. It's a bit disingenuous to say, I know you're saying it's not a problem. You're not saying it's not a problem. I get that. But organizations can focus on single issues and well, be legitimate. You, you're talking about, uh, you know, no one collects those statistics. There actually is an organization that collects those statistics. Uh, it's called the South African Police Service. Oh, yeah. Um, but well, except, except for the fact that they used to collect this data, and slowly over the years they've stopped collecting either by choice or they've stopped publishing, also by choice. So the 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 issue is is that... Um, if we had a more functional country and a more functional police force or service, I really couldn't care which politically correct term is used for yeah. that, um, then we, we may have a better argument against AFRI Forum. 
we could go, look, guys, there's lots of people being murdered. The cops are focusing on all of it. He has all the data for all of it. And uh, here's what they're doing. But I think Ernst and Afriforum make a good point that farm murders have been ignored. Um, I have argued against the idea of the government complicity thing because I think that feeds into the, the white genocide narrative. But they do make a good argument from the perspective of saying, well, um, it's it, 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 government's complicit in that they had a task force that dealt with this stuff. And that was actually making headway on these things. And then they took the task force away. You know, if you feel that uh, uh, farm murders are too emotive and, and, and it's too political an issue, it's a hot potato, you don't really want to get involved with that. Well, there was a task force on, on um, dealing with children, the, the abuse of children. Uh, that dealt specifically with, with, with child abuse, pedophilia, all those types of things. Um, that task force was very effective at cracking down on uh, specifically uh, large organized crime that dealt with that. Mm. Um, I, I don't have the exact figures, so maybe they weren't as great as they could have been, mm. but there was something. And then government decided, nah, we're going to take that away. And now there's nothing. Um, and uh, certainly groups that advocate for, for the rights of kids say that things have got worse. Yeah, look, uh, I think it was the commando system or something that they called it. Um, I speak under correction. Um, I can't speak on behalf of the government of why they removed it or, or, or what the, the reason behind it was. I mean, I fully agree with you that the police service isn't adequate in, in fighting crime in this country. Um, and that boils back to the point of, you know, requesting that, that farm murders be considered, what, what is the term that they want? A, priority a crime. Priority crime. Um, you see, how do I say this without coming across that I do not care about <laughs> farm murders? Because let me just reiterate, every single murder in this country is bad. And I acknowledge that farm murders are bad, farm murders are brutal, and in some cases, farm murders are racially motivated. But here's a simple fact of the matter. How many farm murders were there last year? 84. That is the statistics. I might be off by one yeah. or two. So 84 farm murders compared to 19,000 murders last year. Tell me why 84, and I mean, once again, every life matters. But why should 84 murders get priority over 19,000 murders? Because it's per capita. But that argument has also been debunked. No, it hasn't been debunked. Because, because they work Africa no. Check releases one article that says it can't be proven. So, so Afroforum, uh, the Institute of Security Studies, SAPS itself, and the Transvaal Agricultural Union say um, there's roughly between thirty to 40,000 farms in the country. Um, so we can take that variance mm -hmm. and we can still deduce statistics that show that farmers are killed at twice the rate of policemen within that range. That's why it's important. Yeah, but that, that, um, statistic, the, I think it was 145 per 100,000 or 155 per 100,000. That statistic, um, based it on 35 commercial, 35,000 commercial farmers. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's very specific. Why and, and I mean, let's also be real. The four murders that's taken place last year of the eighty-four, not all of them were were white individuals, right? So no, they were farmers. That no, no, no. Yeah. But that's my point. So my point that I'm leading to is, um, according to the statistics, there's about eight hundred and eighteen thousand people that live on agricultural land. Yeah. So my question is, why are we focusing on thirty-five thousand instead of eight hundred and eighteen thousand? 
Because you're focusing on the occupation of the person killed. But those people, but those people are farmers too. If well, let, let's not say not a, all eight hundred and eighteen thousand are farmers, but they live on agricultural land. Yeah. So I would say that uh, the number of farmers are far more than thirty-five thousand. I honestly believe that that number is closer to. Well, it's not like commercial 000. and people who just live on. Yeah, but I mean, then you need to be okay, agricultural so, land. But I think it's specific. I mean, I mean, with respect, I don't want to get deep bogged down. Yeah, I think stats. we're going to get too the deep book into. Is, Really good at elucidating all of those things. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, going to read the book. Yeah. I really want to. Yeah, but I mean, I think there's no problem in saying crime is a problem. Uh, farm murders need a priority, and solving farm murders could solve many other issues in crime fighting scenarios. Don't you think the, the other way is better, though? Don't you think uh, focusing on majority of the crime and 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 as, as a byproduct also fighting farmers? Yeah, have you forgotten that we live in South Africa, bro? No, but, no, but what With I'm respect, saying, I mean, no, there is no crime fighting unit in this place. I know. I'm, I'm I'm working on if the system actually worked because that's I can use the same argument for what you're saying. How, do you really think that? So, so fine. Let me ask then to move us forward a little bit. Uh, Let's say the the government agrees and they they uh, say farm murders are priority crimes now. Great, uh, rhino poaching is a priority crime as far as I understand. Uh, fuck all has happened there. <laughs> Copper cable theft is a priority crime. Uh, absolutely nothing. Taxi violence happened. too. Uh, the only reason we have less copper cable theft is because we now have fiber. Um, that's the only freaking reason. Because companies because, stop using you know, copper. You know, I, I find it funny. I listen to a business show and they they say, well. Um, uh, you know, telecom uh, uptake is uh, through the floorboards on uh, landlines, and that's because everyone's using mobile. That's probably true, but it's also because um, the copper thieves have slowly de-infrastructured the entire country. So uh, you, these things are priority crimes. Great. We make farm murders a priority crime. We have an incompetent government, an incompetent police service. Um, and then… What is what is does Ernst address this at all? Well, he says he says yeah. He says well, there's various ways to do it. Community networks work the best. The public-private partnerships work the best. Having farmers uh, integrate into a larger community network uh, where they uh, do patrols by themselves work the best. Uh, But then that you know riles the government because they're taking over the government's you know um, role role of protecting its citizens and things like that. But yeah, but he says in the book he says you know. If the police was better, I wouldn't have to read. I wouldn't have to write this book. If but, if crime wasn't a problem, I wouldn't have to write it. But it's not my fault. Crime's fucked up. Mm. I, I completely agree that the the issue is is a lack of a, a, a proper police force. Um, but that maybe we can lead the argument into that way. Then is like I, I would ask this question. So we've got two big problems in this country. We've got unemployment, and we've got a, a crime problem. Now, I know and that it's a very simplistic and word. And socialism problem. Yeah, well, yeah. Let's get, move into that later. Um, the, the problem, the two problems is unemployment and crime. That is our two biggest issues, in my opinion, in this country. Mm-hmm. Why can we not solve both by creating more jobs and those jobs being, um, in the police force and adequate training? Uh, because, uh, the police are funded by taxpayers and the economy is down to shit. And the training is terrible, and you are asking the government to be better. Well, so you don't create jobs. And then you don't create jobs. There's no such thing as creation of jobs. It doesn't exist. You, you can create jobs as a government, uh, and then you are being a very bad government. You can create jobs because you can literally go, we have a lot of money that we've stolen from the taxpayers. And what we'll do now with all this money is we'll divide it up into jobs. Great. Um, but that's the only way you can, in theory, create jobs. It's a very w- bad way of creation of employment. Um, and you create at best an environment uh, 
which will then create jobs. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, I think that's important though, because, um, you know, you're part of a party that talks about creation of jobs often. And some people talk about how you go about creating jobs the right way. They understand the ideological merits of each argument. And some people don't. So people who go, we need to create jobs, as in when we're in government, as government, we're going to push creation of jobs. You don't do that as government. What you do is you get out of the way. And if you get out of the way, then entrepreneurs create jobs. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not speaking on behalf of that party. No, no, I know. No, I have to just put the disclaimer oh, in. I actually to, forgot right. to do it in the beginning. All right. But what, what I can agree with you with is that you have to create the environment. That is the sole purpose, is to create the environment for that is conducive to creating jobs. No, um, creating wealth. Wealth creates jobs. If you, if you grow the economy and people become wealthy, they delegate and the division of labor creates jobs. Mm. The, the political how can I, goal of creating jobs is bullshit. You can't, you can't do it without wealth creation. So, uh, if you let people take risks and become wealthy and, interestingly, and delegate, you, you, and create divisions of labor. That's how you create uh, jobs. You also won't have wealth creation without safety. So you see that true. that feeds back to my point. So if well, or put it this way, wealth doesn't stay where things are unsafe. Yeah, but here's the thing. I mean, it, I know as an anarchist, you'll probably argue. I mean, you don't like the fact of paying tax. Um, but what my point is is, if you had to let, let's say the government, as incompetent as they are, for some reason grew a moral backbone. And they said, okay, we need to put more police officers out there because currently I think there's one police officer for every couple of hundred people out there, even, even if it's that little. I think it might be for every 1,000 people there's one police officer. So let's say they spent a couple of billion that they're already spending or wasting rather. Let's say they used that to create mm -hmm. 30,000 new jobs for police officers. They're creating 30,000 new taxpayers too. That feeds back into the no, system. But they're paid by taxes, Ronaldo. How can you uh, – I'll give you – here you go, Ronaldo. I'll give you 50 rand and then I'll take 25 rand back as tax. I'm still out 25 rand yeah, because but, I'm paying you. But what I'm saying is – I know it's not an ideal solution, but what I'm saying is we've got two major issues. How do we fix that? Well, the crimes, private security. They've sold more crime than the police ever has because there's five security guards to one. But now they're doing the government's job for them. So at the, um, yes, at the, at the end of the day, what we're doing is we're just like allowing the government to get to get away with whatever. No, the private sector is taking over the government's role, whether they like it or not. He has a starting point. The country starts out and the government turns around and goes, we're going to have a police service and the police service is going to protect you. Um, and then everyone goes, oh, all right, we'll – that that sounds okay, and then the police service doesn't really protect them. It's not enough, and they corrupt, and uh, they just show themselves to be incompetent. So criminals uh, go well. Chances risk here is quite low, um, and then on top of it, the government goes, "We're going to make it really difficult to protect yourself." So you, you can't really get a firearm unless you like beg and plead and write a whole bunch of bullshit motivation letters. Um, and even then, maybe you won't get one. So you can't protect yourself either. And then we're going to, they're going to be a security industry, which we're going to then heavily regulate over and above this, uh, which could be, do our job even more effectively than they currently do it. Uh, do you see the problem? The, the, the issue is, is that, is that from the get go, 
the government is the issue and the government is getting in the way. Mm. Um, I mean, I had a long Twitter stream last night about, okay, ESCOM's under pressure. Let me go off the grid. Oh, wait. The government wants me to register every solar panel and, and they, put they have it, reversed on that. They have reversed on it and they put a, a tax. It'll on, come back on every import. Okay. Fine. So I can't go off the grid. Okay. So I want security now. Oh, the government wants, uh, doesn't give you tax credits for your security options and the security companies has all these bullshit regulations to fulfill. Okay. Fine. Okay. I want to, what else did I say basically the government creates the center the government creates the only option and they legal they make the external options very expensive or illegal that my friend is called a dictatorship and with respect to you i think you have this unconstrained vision that somehow the government is a force for good in people's lives that it can you know regulate change not, not and progress one. not the current one but your one perhaps when you become dictator, maybe yours will be better. No. Um, and that is a fundamental flaw, I think, in your thinking, because the government is there to stay out the way and ensure our rights are protected, not to impose anything. Yeah, look, R- Ronaldo, where, where, if if you took a Ramon, Ramon is is in terms of government is is um, extremist. Yeah. Okay. And but but he even admits he knows his position is fundamental in that, in that. <laughs> and he also says he's pragmatic. In the sense that he understands that there is currently a state. So he, he's not saying tomorrow he wants it all dissolved. Mm. He's saying he understands there's an existing system. But if I, if, if we presented to you the sort of standard libertarian argument of you have a government tomorrow that protects the borders. So there's, there's a border, there's a military, um, and they are responsible for dealing with external threats. There's a, a, a competent police service, um, which is well-funded and has enough people, and they deal with internal threats, and there's a court system to deal with anyone who breaks the laws, and those laws are within an acceptable Western interpretation of what law should be. Mm. Um, what more do you want than that? So where do you then move away from libertarians and go, I want to say a social safety net or whatever it is? But – at the moment, there is there is a political party out there that is promoting all of what you've just said. Where and more, the and more is my problem. Yeah, and more okay, is but the, here's the thing: so you can't take what has happened over the last twenty four years and just magically expect you, you. We're going to need to fix the system. And when I say we, I mean we as South Africans. Look, look I'm gonna I'm gonna just say that that that, that argument is now gonna disappear, and it's because of one person, and her name is Patricia Delille, and that argument's fucked for the DA, um, and for any other party that now turns around and goes, you can't just go and say 24 years, you got to give it time, because Cape Town they had time, and then they did fix a lot of things, and then one individual from their party has come in and started cocking it up, and the the truth is is that. Is that it, and they it, can't get rid of her. <laughs> is that is that it's just a proof that yes, obviously, when you break something, it takes a certain amount of time to fix it, but it's also proof that it's fragile. People can break it all the time, and it could be anyone from any party. Yeah, no um, doubt. And it could be any politician, mm. and and it it doesn't take long to break things, and it certainly doesn't take as long to to break them as it does to fix them. Yeah. So I, I don't necessarily disagree with that that argument. I'm saying. If given those three fundamentals of what a government should do, yeah, um, and then obviously I would understand the argument in most places. 
I w- shut up. We're having a discussion. Um, I would understand the argument in most places where they'd go, especially in South Africa, you know, you'd say, well, because of the past, we've got to think about the inequality, which I hate, but fine. We've got to think of, I hate the word, not in, but it's convenient for you to, to um, hate that. What, what, why is it convenient? Well, because of the color of your skin. Ah. We can get into that now. All right. Well, you, let's, should we pause that and let's just talk about what, so okay, well, what, look, what do you I, want? I, I, I can't speak on behalf of the whole no, Pit, I know, Patricia I, Delors. I, know, I don't want you to speak on okay, Patricia. Okay. I was just making that point about yes. this whole 24 years argument. You've got to give us time. But, but you also used one person as an example there versus what has been currently happening with the current government. for the. I mean, if you had to compare… Herman Mashabas had two years to fix a road. No, listen, listen. Ronaldo, you as Ronaldo host, what do you want the government to do? If there was a blank slate tomorrow and you could restart, what do you want the government to do? I want the government to have as little involvement as possible. So a smaller government, first and foremost. Okay. A, f- a smaller government that is there just to, to make sure that they um, – Make sure that South Africa is creating an environment that is conducive for investment and for a free market to to so basically doing fuck all. No, well, I mean, no, that that creates an environment. If if the government does nothing, things happen. No, if I'm the not. government tries to interfere and distort the market, things fuck up. I disagree with you there. Because you, you have to, st- so how do, how do big companies come to this country to invest without, you know, for instance, the government taking uh, and, and giving, um, certain, uh, how do you, how, how would I say it? How would, they, they give certain opportunities or certain breaks for, for companies to come and invest. For instance, in, 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 I'm not sure if it's the same year, but for electricity. Um, so for companies to come and invest here, they give, um, electricity breaks for, for high power users. Yeah, because electricity is too expensive. So they give, but it's still they a give. government function. So my my point is, it's still something that is that's in the government government's involved in. You just have to you just have to uh, confirm property rights and rule of law and enforcement of contracts. Yeah. And anyone will come in and invest. But the the you problem the problem that we that we face, and this is one thing that Jonathan mentioned, is that you know, well, you mentioned like all of that crap, and I know you didn't mean it like that. But the thing is, the realization is that we we can't just ignore the fact. That we are a country that, that's got a past that we have and we've got social ills that we have and we've got people that are dependent on the government now. And I mean, that is a system that is going to end up really badly. Yeah. And Rwanda's got a past like it has yeah. and Estonia had a past like it had. Poland had um, a past. And, a, and yeah, all these countries had shitty pasts and Japan had a past like it had. Um, you know, the, the, the reality is, is, is that shit happens in history. Um, it's bad. Uh, and sometimes you can't compensate for that history. It is it, just no way. Like, how does, how do you compensate for dropping two nukes on Japan? You can't. You can't compensate for that. You can't get the dead people back. You can't stop the radiation poisoning. You can't do any of that. But what you can do is you can certainly liberalize that democracy you can certainly open that market and suddenly you've got you've got a you've got a, a relatively free country where where trade happens where people are wealthy successful etc you know you, you the truth is is that we do have this past but the way to fix it this is this is the the argument the the argument isn't about whether we do or don't have the past i, I hate getting bogged down yeah in I, I agree um the argument is how do we fix that past the current uh, government believes that the way we fix that and and even more left-wing um elements like like julius malema believe the way we fix that is redistribution we take the wealth that already exists 
and because it, it, it unfairly exists in their opinion, and we then just redistribute it. So, you know, everyone must be equal. No, it's, it's not. It's, that's not the point at all. The point is apartheid in reverse. It's illegitimacy of a certain race of people. Uh, we're going to create for the point of redistribution, but for the state, not for them. They're not giving rights to the people. Yeah, that's the ironic part is that the EFF, they, they want to give the land um, or they want to take the land back and give it to the state. Who's, who's the state? Ronaldo, I mean, let's be frank here. Apartheid as a national socialist experiment is absolute shit. Uh, in, in Maoist China, 60 million people died in 30 years. What excuse do we have for not doing better? What excuse do we have? Well, that is a very good question. Exactly. So why do we keep on ref- inferring but that we, we are the arguing policies- the same point. I think we all agree that the current government so what would is, you do is to, absolute shit. What would you do to sort out the past? Well, well y- 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 here's the thing, right? So like, just as, like three principles. What would you do? No, but y- here's the thing. So as much as like the whole story with what you've mentioned in the Western Cape currently, right? When you look at job creation… Yeah. That happened over the last, um, let's just say first, job growth. Yo, job growth. <laughs> okay. So job growth in the first quarter. Where did most of the jobs come yeah, from? Yeah, 75% Western Cape, yeah. So, you know, there are some problems in the Western Cape, but the fact remains is there is a competent government in the Western Cape. That government is still bogged down by a national government. And I can see it in Nelson Mandela Bay. Here's, here's a prime example. In Nelson Mandela Bay, we, uh, we've got the right to host the, na- the international Ironman. Before that, uh, my political party took over, um, there was a commitment by the provincial government, which is the ANC, that they were going to tar um, a big piece of that road that was going to cost 250 million rand roughly, right? After the party that I'm a part of uh, became the the coalition government there or the DA-led coalition government, that money just is now impossible to get hold of. So to illustrate my point is that even though we have issues and even though uh, the Western Cape is bogged down by national government, they are still maintaining a way to, to make it successful. You just, you just try, you just, um, I think you just made the argument for why roads should be privatized. You're just elucidating the, the idea <laughs> that politicians are to blame. Well, look, I mean, as a politician, I mean, sitting here, I fully agree with you because yeah. there are people in, in, look, it's an easy career. I can tell you that you don't, you don't need an education and you just need to be popular. And the more popular and the more uh, vitriol you spew, uh, in, and as an example, the EFF and Julius Malema, the more popular you get. It just, it's which narrative you spew. So, so I'm not going to disagree with you that, that politicians are corrupt, but no, are that, to blame. that are the sole reason well, why are we corrupt haven't and gone to blame. Well, the thing is, it, it's the majority of politicians, yes. But there are many politicians out there that, that can make a lot more money in the private sector that aren't doing it for the money, that aren't doing it for the wrong reasons. But unfortunately, they aren't popular enough to get voted yeah, in. Yeah, pissing to in control. the wind works. Sorry? That's pissing in the wind work. <laughs> well, with that narrative, then we can just say, well, let's just give up. Let's close the doors. Let's switch off the lights and let's, let's end it. No, okay. How do you deal with the past, Ronaldo? Because this is something you come to, um, quite often in your videos. There's a history. We need to be aware of it. We need to do something about it. What would you, what would you do about it? Assuming you have a bank, a blank slate, you're a dictator for one day. What would you do about that? I think that? one of the most important things that I think that has caused this country a lot of harm is the fact that there are households that have only one sole breadwinner and 
people can't get out of that cycle. People can't get out of the cycle of going to get an education because they need to find a job as soon as possible in order to provide for the family. So education is a, is a critical thing here. So if I had to say that if there's one thing that I would choose, um, that would be to to sort of make sure that our education system is is structured in such a way that anybody that's got the ability and the drive to be successful and to get an education to do it, whether it be uh, you know your secondary education or tertiary education. Yeah. And once you do that, then you create opportunities. So it's all about building an opportunity system. All right. How would you do that? What what mechanism would you use? Because for example, I think vouchers are a good idea. So you have a credit card that only works at universities or schools or something like that. Mm. There's no public, public schools. You've got, you've got private enterprises, private schools competing with each other and that debit card that the state gives you for, for 20,000, cause they spend 20,000 rand a year, I think, mm. between 12 to 20,000 rand for every school people in the country. Uh, just give parents that card. That can be only used at a school and let them choose the school, let them choose how the schools run, let them choose the school governing body. Uh, so you give autonomy choice and uh, the parents are in charge, not not Satu and uh, now, centralized but, government. But, but here comes the thing now. So what prevents a person from getting that card, for selling that card that's 20,000 rands worth and selling it to somebody else for 15,000 rand? Then they can do it. But you see that's not fixing the problem. For that person… But well, he will it, suffer. It, it's, it's that fixing, person. Yeah, but it, it's, no one else. Ideologically, it's not fixing the the the, the problem. It it might create fifteen thousand. Okay, yes, the rand one exception doesn't disprove the rule. Remember? When I was at university, they had this card that you swiped and you got food and you got your cool drinks and stuff. What used to happen is that 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 guy used to stand there, and then when you go and order your your food, he says, "Listen, I'm going to swipe this card, and then you just give me." 13 rand instead of the 15 rand. That's what used to happen when I was at university. Mm. I'm sure the system has changed. But there's always entrepreneurs in every in every single one of us. Yeah, but there's bad actors in everything, Ronaldo. To no, expect I, a perfect yeah, system when humans are involved is a bit… No, no, I, 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 I mean, fully agree with through, that. Through, through which mechanism would you want to improve education? I think a good first step was free education for, you know, to the extent, as much as I disagree with… Yeah. with no, no, but listen… Fees must fall and, and all of that was mm. completely going the wrong way. I actually had a debate in a documentary that we're filming now yesterday with somebody that was a leader in the fees must fall movement. Um, the way that it went about was completely and utterly wrong. But we need, unfortunately, to create an environment and, 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 and look at the history of this country. And I mean, I, I'm, I, I also really dislike the fact that we constantly use the past as an excuse for what's currently happening because if we had a competent government, we would be a lot further, but we don't. Uh, well, we don't. Always, always looking, the, looking at the past always yeah. means that uh, it will be incompetent because you're not looking to the future at what it's works. Not, you're looking at what is what is trying to fix what happened already. But you are that's trying, why, that's you, why you never grow. But as you a are trying to – you're looking at the past in order to fix the thing right now in order for the future then to be better. just do the opposite. Of what the past was Give property rights Give freedom of movement Give equal human rights To people that didn't have them before Just to start with that Ronaldo, do you not think there's something wrong With people believing that the government pr Will provide do you, not, do you not think there's an issue with that I mean I When you say you like the idea of free education I hate the idea of free education I even hate it At a primary or junior school level I don't like the idea at all. I, I don't like any idea that sets up the belief amongst children or adults that the government will provide for me. Um, 
I, so while I'm, while I would understand that in instances, in certain instances, perhaps the government needs to provide, that's where I've previously defended some sort of social welfare, um, and having some sort of net. Um, but for the most part, I would like to remove that as much as possible. And the, the problem I hear is all the solutions just intensify the reliance on government. Jeez, like Ramon, that, that vape. <laughs> It, you don't even know what it sounds like to the it's, listeners. It's my podcast, too. <laughs> and the listeners like it. Well, one does. Yeah, one out of like 20,000. If there's any company out there that would like to sponsor this podcast uh, that's in the vape industry, you know, <laughs> to contact. That's, uh, Ramon at Renegade Report does here, does it, eh? <laughs> or, or, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> right. So, I mean, what, do you not think that that's a point? I completely agree with you. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. The, the, the problem that we have and the problem that we face is that oh, I, I sound like a broken record. We, in order to give us a future that is going to be less dependent on government, we need at the moment to create and, and use government in order to, to fix that. Not the current government. So when I speak on, on government, I'm talking about a government other than, than the ANC. I'm just, yeah. Wh- yeah. whichever it might be. Mm. Anything other, well, please God, not the EFF, but any other government. Because of the, the, the legacy. And I mean, look, you can bring in murders. You can bring in the amount of people that died and you can bring in all of that. 45 years of oppressing, I think, has also got a lot more um, – it's the damaging result of what's the right term to use. Um, I think the, the legacy of something like that, of, of, of oppressing more than one generation and, and making them very poor, has, has got perhaps more of a lasting impact. Yes, but it takes – on average, it takes two generations to fix a fuck-up in a country. Yeah. Right? That's, that's and the, that would that's have happened the, if okay. we had a competent So, But government. the way you fix that – the way you fix that is is what you do is you 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 decide to take a specific perspective and ideology on how you're going to fix it and what i'm saying is if we took a far more free market deregulation approach to how we're going to fix this problem we can still send kids to school dude it, it, just government won't do it. You can use Ramon's voucher system, okay? You can make it illegal. You can pass a law. You can use your legislative power to pass a law that says any parent who sells their child's education, because that doesn't belong to them, that money. That belongs actually to the child. Yeah. So you can make a law that says it's illegal. You can punish it with a, ah, whatever you want. Uh, people who are anti-prison are going to be cross with me now, but throw them in jail for a year, mm. okay? Whatever. You can, you can make laws to stop people from, from doing stuff that you feel is going to screw up your society. Mm. Um, that you can do. But stop telling them the government will give you education. Then when you're a responsible adult, the government will still give you education. Mm. Then when you finish that education, the government will give you a job. Like, th- th- it's not sustainable. I, I agree. I agree because we, we've become a social welfare state. And what, what you, what you really need to happen, the, the, to fix the, the, the legacy, you talk about the legacy, you want to fix the legacy, you just need to be able, every single person who wants to work in this country needs to be able to find work. Yeah. But the reason they can't find work is not the legacy, mm. right? The reason they can't be a doctor is the legacy. Yeah. The reason someone who's 50 today, a black man who's 50 and on the street who can't be a doctor is the legacy. I mm. agree with that. But the reason he can't find work is not the legacy. I agree. That reason is the government. 
But that, government that stands the, in the way. But you see, that is why it's so difficult for me to answer a specific of those mm. specific questions because when does the legacy of apartheid end and the complete and utter fuck up by the cover go- current government start? Mm. That is the question well, that you need to ask yourself. The legacy of apartheid so, never ended so the, for a yeah, lot of people. The answer to that is that it never ends because the difference between these two governments is none. None. There is no real difference. No, I yeah. mean, there are, there are, I mean, we've got the constitution, thank God. No. Uh, there are, t- wait, 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 wait. Well, there are let, wait, you actually support. Let me, let me clarify what I, what I mean by that before that's taken out of context. When I say there's no real difference, the, the, the freedom of individuals to choose largely within the market is not there. It's not there. It wasn't. It was obviously there were more barriers to black people um, in in during apartheid. Absolutely, there's no doubt about that. That there were more barriers, mm-hmm. but there's still a, a great limitation because because government still has. There's so many laws from apartheid that are still on the books. Mm-hmm. The government didn't dissolve those laws. We yeah. didn't. We you know that it's so interesting. We had like Codessa and we we had this negotiation for a new constitution. We get a new constitution. Which is not a long document. I don't know if anyone's ever read through the entire thing. I have. Me and too. it's not a, it's not a particularly long document. Um, there's not much in there. Like, there are like the fundamentals, but the fundamentals don't take a lot to say. Like, they're one line. No, they're supposed to be vague. I mean, yeah. they're supposed to be vague in general and broad. Um, and they're one line which protects global freedoms. Um, the stuff that, that interacts with our daily lives. The stuff that says you may not start a business without registering it with the government. You may not start a bank account because you don't have proof of your address. You may not uh, hire an employee without registering with SARS. These laws are not new. Mm. These are apartheid laws. Mm. These are the same government. So when we had a national, a nationalist socialist government, as Ramon says, um, and then we get the ANC, a democratic government, we still have the same government, guys, because the yeah. laws that some of the acts have been updated, but most, for the most part, they're not complete rewritings. They're updates. So we still have probably a majority, I would guess, so I'm saying more than 50% of the laws that existed with the apartheid government exist now. But those laws, freedom. those laws well, with more general freedoms, but less individual freedoms. So if I just want to do something, government inevitably gets in my way. If I want to start a school, I can't because you have to register with a training in, as, as a higher institute of whatever. If I, you, every single step of the way, there's always something to get in my way. If I want to, if I want to start a pool cleaning business, Something to get in my way. If I want to buy a car to to transport my my guys to clean the pool, oh, I've got to register that vehicle with the government. They never check that the vehicle's roadworthy after the first time, but every year I must pay them six hundred rand. Mm. Why? Mm. Why? How does that help the legacy of apartheid? Yeah. All these barriers cause and perpetuate the legacy because you, these are barriers to to the market. In in a normal um, society, people with no education still have work. Yeah. Because there's no barriers. And even to build on, few. even to build on to that, I mean, look, I, I've been a supporter of uh, fixing the issues of the past through affirmative action and broad based black economic empowerment. But the current, the current system and the current policies as to build on to what mm. you said is like, for, let's say, for instance, you know, you are an entrepreneur and you would like to create jobs. You want to do the government's job. 
by, by actually creating employment, then you have to jump through so many hoops currently just to get some contracts. Um, you have to be BE compliant, whatever level it might be. And that, that is not what, how it's supposed to be. That, so that is That's unfortunate. Exactly how it's supposed to work. No, 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 but what I'm saying is, and, and, and well, it's Well, he's to, saying that, you, you, sorry, Ramon, you're being facetious and saying that's how they want it to work, obviously. That, that was the plan. Yes, okay. Long. But when he, Ronaldo says that's not how it's supposed to work, no, he means. But you, but you don't need affirmative action to have black employees or black entrepreneurs. You can just give incentives to companies at the time. Or if you, you know, you have a, a tax credit if you offer to donate to this black church here that helps orphans or, Whatever the case might be. I mean, you don't need – here's the thing about capitalism. You don't need to force people to trade with each other. Mm. You really don't. But, uh, yeah, the government thinks you do, so they force you to do it. But you need – to, to counter that, you need to give them the opportunity to have things to trade to begin with. Labor, time, anything. Anything's yeah. tradable. Look, to, to answer everything that Jonathan has said – um, or not to answer everything, but <laughs> once again, I have to tread very lightly. You can go onto a website of a political party and go and read their document on what they want to do as when they are in government. And I think you'd be pleasantly surprised. If it says... Just let me finish. Okay, fine. Sorry, I'm interrupting. As little involvement from the government as possible, creating jobs mm. and or creating an environment... Where, where jobs can be created and self-sustaining and self-sustainment, then I'll think you'll be pleasantly surprised. If yeah, you, if my, you look my, at that. my concern is, is, is what's written in a, in a policy document and what I see taking place what people, um, where, yeah. where, where, where those very same people get into power. You know, uh, the, we, were, we were over the moon, frankly, when Herman Mashaba became the mayor of Johannesburg. Uh, because here you had a former chairman, I think, of the Free Market Foundation, uh, a guy who calls himself a libertarian, at least until that point. Um, and he's now the mayor of uh, the most important city in Africa, pretty much. And we're thinking, wow, I mean, stuff's just going to open up. And the first thing he does is he goes to those guys who sell stuff on the side of the road and he starts uh, clamping down on them. Um, that was Park's Tower. That, nah, that no, happened before. It's and and it's still happening under Mashaba and more vigorously now. Right. Um, no, the Hawkers. He, he's, yeah. yeah he's confiscating goods. Confiscating goods and things like that because they don't have a license to sell. Um, I mean, that's not going to fix any kind of inequities and 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 wealth creation. Um, you, you know, the, the the problem with the DA is the DA has shown that it, for me they've shown that in a place that runs very well already, they will be very good at managing that system. They're very good at keeping things in order. I do think they're far less corrupt, without a doubt, um, despite this issue in Cape Town, but I think overall they're much less corrupt. Um, but the ideas of liberalism are not being enforced in the way they, they, they govern. Like They believe things like if you stop people from buying alcohol on a Sunday – um, that they, that will stop crime and that will stop people drunk driving. Like, like they believe that that's the way to go about solving those problems in society, rather than trying to understand the cause of the problem. Understand the cause of the problem uh, or, or solve the problem directly at at the root. Yeah. Um. But, I, like I, most governments, to be fair, I, not just the DA. I mean, the way you know, healthcare is better run in the Cape. Um. The the system is better run, but it's also far more authoritarian. Um, 
the, the their services are far more authoritarian. It's it's far more top down. Um, so I, I don't know. Like I don't I don't know whether I truly believe that. But I'm not looking. I don't really care who comes into government anymore. Like it's not. It, I I would prefer the D. I absolutely would prefer the DA over the ANC because I believe they would be better at the day to day. Like just run things. Like I would expect that if I went to the Home Affairs to Home Affairs. Um, it would probably be better under a DA government in terms of how long I stand in a queue. It would be probably better in the turnaround time um, of all of these things. Um, but it would also probably be worse in the number of things I needed to get licensed, the number of things I needed to pay for, the number of rules I needed to follow. Uh, yeah, and you couldn't take your Uber anywhere because they don't have licenses, so they're impounded. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing, though, and once again, I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of myself. Um, when you when you take Cape Town as an example, before the DA took over, that that well Cape Town at least was almost close to bankruptcy. Um, when Nelson Mandela Bay was taken over, yeah, the, more than bankruptcy. More, it was literally about a couple of months away from being completely bankrupt. And you have to take that into consideration. I'm, I can't speak on on, on Joburg at least because I don't know, but I, from what I've heard, the finances were absolutely terrible and mm. there was a lot of contracts. Here's another thing that's important. Contracts that were signed under previous government or the previous term needs to be honored um, if it was legal. Whether the, the supply or the, what do you call it, the service uh, provider mm. is, is doing an adequate job or not. So the frustrations that you might have now um, – might take some time to clear up, especially yeah. in jo- no. But listen, so yeah. especially in Joburg, because when you elect uh, a government, you elect them for five years, right? So if you're going to judge them after two and a half years or three years, while they're trying to clean up the mess from the previous government, which I think we all can agree that the previous government really screwed up most of the metros, they really did. Um, if after five years, if you're unhappy with what the changes that you've seen, vote them out. It's as simple as that. But I do think that you'll see changes. And I mean, I've, I've seen changes from. Well, I, I mean, I don't see changes in Joburg at the moment, but that's because the DA has openly said that they're going to redistribute the wealth in Joburg. I mean, they've, they've, they've turned around and they've clearly no, said. No, but it's, it's, it's the nature of coalition governments. Um, in Joburg, at least, the EFF are absolutely necessary to do everything. Um, for a quarter. No, no, but before, no, Jonathan, before that, they, they, the DA turned around and said, no, stop using the it really as uncomfortable as an for me. I'm not the spokesperson um, for the DA. The, yeah, you don't no, need to be. We, no, no. we, we're just discussing what's going on in Johannesburg. The, the reality is, is that the DA turned around and said that they're going to take money from the, the, that they collect and they're going to pump it into areas that are, uh, poor, poor essentially. And that's true. That is exactly what's going on. Um, you see this in Joburg. They are doing that, and the, I would imagine with some with with some effect to wh- who's going to vote for them. So they might get a, a lot of voters turning away from the ANC, for example, because they're pumping money into townships, for example. But I don't think that's the reason that it's being done. I honestly don't. If you look at the Nelson Mandela Bay, and I'm speaking because that's where I'm from, mm. and, and the the budget that we just passed mm. over there is a pro poor budget. It's a budget. I think it's a, a 65 or 75 percent pro poor budget. Pro it, what is a pro poor budget? What does that mean? It, it's providing basic services mm. for those that haven't had it before. Once again, government comes in to save the day. Okay, but so I know you're forced to. Jonathan, you've spoken for a long time. 
Okay, so say something. Say something say interesting. Something. Um, yeah, I, I, we're getting bogged down in bullshit, basically. Um, Let's talk about Lawrence Southern again. No, 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 no. no, no not. I actually want to talk about whiteness and white fragility. Um, no, white privilege rather, because you seem to care quite a bit about it. If you solve white privilege, you can't, ha- you can't solve white privilege. Just. Fuck's sakes, Jonathan. You can't solve white privilege. Stop, in, stop interrupting. It's original sin. You can't solve it's it. It's a theoretical question. If you solve white privilege, Ronaldo, what happens? Well, okay. I, wa- I want to hear where you guys stand on white privilege first. We've spoken about it on your show. I know, no, but it doesn't people exist. here. Okay, so you believe it doesn't exist? Of course it doesn't exist. Jonathan? It doesn't exist. <laughs> okay. So now you're going to say yes, but the, the, yeah, don't don't make my argument for me. Don't make my argument for me. Um, but what happens when you solve it on your terms as you define it and everyone agrees with your terms and they do what you want them to do because of white privilege, what happens? Then everybody has an equal opportunity to participate in the economy and everybody has an equal opportunity to, to be whatever they want to be. But I think they already do have that. I don't uh, know. They to definitely. Be who they, to be who they want to be. They definitely. And, don't. uh, we don't control barriers of entry to the world. Here's an example. Cause we've, I've actually got time in my YouTube videos. I don't have actually, I don't have time to explain it. I'm going to speak for the next 10, five minutes by yourself. Go okay. Ahead. So here, here's the, my understanding of a white privilege. And this is an issue that I had. With myself, where I also denied white privilege. I was like, you know, the, it's been 24 years. There's been ample time for equal opportunity and all that. Sorry, I have to interrupt. That is not my argument against white privilege, by the way. No, no, no. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, is it or is it not? No. Okay. No, but I'm not saying that. Mine, I'm saying that, exist. that was my. Sure. So when, when I was at university and I was a, a first year student, I couldn't get a, a, a bursary because of the color of my skin, even though my marks were good. I couldn't get one for my honors degree. I couldn't get one for my master's degree um, because of the color of my skin. I was pissed off. I was angry. I was like, there are at the university, there are far more black individuals than me. And yet, for some reason, I can't get a bursary. Um, then I did a little bit of introspection. And what I realized was I had a car that I could drive to university and back, which means that if I had one class that day, I could drive to university for that one class and that, and I could drive back. I could drive back to my flat that was close enough to the university that was paid for by my parents. Um, and if I had to compare that in discussions that I actually had with, with a lot of black individuals in my class, they had to take a taxi from the township on average. I know that there are white or black individuals out there that have their own cars, but on average, I'm talking on average here. Majority of them had to take a taxi first thing in the morning, more than one taxi, maybe two or three taxis to get to university. Then they had to stay there the whole day, even if they had one or two classes. They had to go um, and leave at about four, five o'clock, take two, three taxis back home, which means they arrive home at like six, seven o'clock in the afternoon. It doesn't give them time to, to study or doesn't give them time to, to spend time with their family. And this is just one element from my personal experience of how I am more privileged or how I was more privileged. Now, people get bogged down in this. When, when you mention the word white privilege and they go, so what you're saying is I didn't work. I didn't do, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. You're taking away from my achievements. No, because I also had to work two jobs to put myself through university. And when, like for instance, Jonathan's a doctor, I'm not taking away of the fact that, that you've earned where you are today. But on average in South Africa, the struggle for a black individual to be and to get where you are 
your path to that was a lot easier than the path on average of a black individual. Okay. You want to, are you, you want me to answer you? No, 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 no. Well, I'm, I'm just, you can defend. I mean, I don't no, think no, you need to defend yourself. If you wanna, no, I don't, I don't need to defend myself at all, but, uh, um, I don't give a shit about on average. So then your whole argument goes out the, out the window for me. But, but I don't care about, cause, 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 you, you know, here's the problem. You will hate Stefan Molyneux on average. White people have a higher IQ than black people. You will hate that argument. And so do I. Cause it's a bullshit argument. I agree. Cause you can't work it like that. Cause on average doesn't work like that. Okay, but it's well, not how numbers work. But you see, now you're comparing a, a, a test that's already biased. No, now I'm comparing something disgusting to something disgusting. Okay, I'm comp- and, and the only reason it's not disgusting is because how you've been influenced by the mainstream belief. Because the mainstream belief is that it's currently trendy to shit on white people because they don't have as much melanin in their skin as black people. Whereas 200 years ago it was trendy to shit on black people because they had more melanin in their skin than, than white people. It's never okay. And that's why white privilege doesn't exist because you cannot go a group is mm. and then justify it by on average. Yeah. You cannot do that. And if you do that, you're a racist. And the idea of white privilege is racist. Obviously, people are born with different into different environments. That's that's without a doubt. That's true. But but there's no there's even even if you, even if you turn around and in South Africa, white privilege. So you're on average. You take your on average argument. And you go on average the white people born into a better environment. And so and so what. This is my. This is where I get to with a lot of my a lot of the arguments. I, I I'm not really interested in convincing you that there isn't white privilege. Mm. You're not going to convince me that there is because yeah. I've made my point of where I feel it, we fall on it. But what I want to get to is so what? Because because here's the thing, I'm not surrendering shit, like I, none of it. Mm. So so then what? What are you going to do? So you're going to take it from me by force? Okay, if that's what you want to do. Um, w- w- so what? White privilege advocates and people who are far more, far less reasonable than you are about this mm. still can't answer that question. Yeah. They will tell me I must reflect on it and I must think about it and uh, I must be uh, aware of it. Fuck off. <laughs> like, so what? Okay, I'm aware of it. I have white privilege. I'm Peter Howes. I live in a nice house and I drive a nice car and I have, I have a job and I then post a whole bunch of shit on Twitter because I have lots of data. Haha, bitches, but I reflect on my white privilege. How dare you speak uh, of Peter Howes like that? The guy's an absolute legend. He's doing nothing. Ronaldo, like when you talk about that, it's like you're describing the color of your unicorn. You're describing to me, you're describing something that's like, I must, I must imagine what it is. Okay. Um, okay, you, you, you grew up richer than some of the other students. Okay, those students are richer than people in their community the people in their community are richer than people in other parts of the country yeah, yeah. and those people in the other part of the country are richer than everyone in mozambique okay yeah what axioms do you want to, what do you want to deduce from all that okay so so here's the thing right we we can't do anything about a class system because there's always going to be people that are wealthier than other people and and, and shitting on people that are wealthier than other people it, it's a it's a bullshit argument you know um i'm middle class um and i don't hate people that for instance here live in santon you know because oh, i do okay well maybe because of the attitude <laughs> all but, right but but the point the point is that i, I think there's a misunderstanding 
there are people out there, especially on Twitter, and especially I'm using using it in inverted commas to be politically correct, black Twitter, that uses white privilege as an attack and use it as as something to try and belittle you who you are as a white individual. I'm not coming from that space. I'm merely coming from the space of looking at what has happened in this country. I mean, and you know, yes, I like I said, I sound like a broken record, but unfortunately. Oppressing people for 45 years in a situation where you provide them with Bantu education, you provide them with education. Dude, that's my so ancestors far. have been oppressed for 4,000. Yes. So, 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 so fuck you. I'm, I'm, so what, what can I get from you now by, by making that, that correct, truthful statement? 4,000 years people have been coming off the Jews. 4,000. Yeah. Right? Fuck your 40 years. Fuck yeah. your 400 years if you think it was colonialism. Mm. 4,000. Fuck okay. with that then. And you know what? You know what Jews want from you? Fuck all. Not a thing. You know they don't, don't lie. You want their money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but we want their money in exchange for services. Exactly. Okay. Qualified. Right. <laughs> you, 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 this is this is the point. The point is is that is that you can either wallow in your victimhood, and as Ramon points out, there will always be someone lower than you. Yeah. I mean, this is an interesting. Uh, sort of tweet exchange that Eric Weinstein and Brett, uh, Ben Shapiro got into uh, a couple of days ago where uh, Ben had written that the socialists in, you know, the, some young people in America are turning towards socialism because capitalism's made them rich. And Eric Weinstein kind of turned around and said, well, what do you mean socialism's made them rich? Um, not everyone is rich. And Ben turns around and says, well, I'm talking about as a general idea of where we were a hundred years ago as an average American and where the average American sits in relation to anyone in the rest of the world, they're rich. And he's a hundred percent right because mm. a poor person in America today is probably a middle class person in South Africa. Okay. Mm. And so, so, and, and, and truth be told, a, uh, uh, a middle class person in South Africa is a very wealth, wealthy person if you go north of our border. Mm. Um, to some of the countries. Yeah. So, so, and even some of the poor people here are, are better off than other people in, in certain African and Asian countries. Yeah. So, th- th- this, this is the thing. You can always find that. Yeah. And the but, point, and the point this, is, like, I, so I, what? I get it. The thing is, I get your argument. But, we, the, the way that I'm arguing this from, right? For instance, let, let's use the, the Jews as an example. And I said, yeah, I brought it up. Respect, go for it. Yeah. No, no, you go. brought it up, right? Go. Currently, are Jewish people in a, in a position where they, they sort of need assistance or they need an education so some on, on are. average? Some are. There's a, there's a charitable organization. And I use on the, average again. In the, in the Jewish, you see, this is the, this is the problem we with, with well, on I average. I can only work with averages. Because I can't speak on behalf of individuals. On average. Ronaldo, make your arguments, Jonathan. Let Ronaldo make his arguments. You already asked the question. No, no, no true, true. Make, make an argument. Make so, arguments. So the point is that what we are discussing here is, Economic emancipation, if you will, the the ability that everybody has got the opportunity to be who they want to be, and I, it's an idealistic system. I get that not everybody is going to do that because not everybody has the not. It's, you get lazy people. You get people that just wants to get everything for free. I understand that, but I think that your, for instance, the example that you use with regard to Jewish people. If you look at Jewish people in this country, in this country currently, you'll find that on average, and you hate that word, but on average, majority of Jewish people are well off. 
majority of Jewish people fall, uh, fall into middle class and, and maybe in, in, in the very wealthy region, right? There, might, there are definitely some that are poor. On average, if you look at black individuals, you'll find that the majority of them still live in a township. They still live in a household where they don't have the opportunity to, to improve themselves. So when I talk about white privilege, and I, I get attacked for this because I don't make my point valid, I don't use it as an argument against you or against Ramon. I'm not saying, damn you guys for your white privilege. What I'm doing from my perspective is I'm going, I can acknowledge the fact that my path to my degrees and my path to being in a financial situation where I can consider myself free from debt is because of white privilege, for me at least. Or it's because of your circumstances. Or because you think debt is terrible, so you need to pay it off quicker. Uh, or you believe you, you were brought up in a cultural milieu that says debt is yeah. only to be used for something urgent and important. And the best uh, economic thing you can do is to pay off your debt earlier. Uh, you got a car, uh, fine. Uh, other people got cars as well. They still got debt that you don't have. Uh, people buy cars that they can't afford, but they buy it anyway. Um, yeah, people make choices, Ronaldo. Yeah, you chose, you chose good choices for yourself, uh, not because you're white. Yeah, see, so the, the, I, I don't like using the, the Jewish card. I, I, but, but, no, that's w- fine. But when they, I, no, I don't like using it because the, and the good argument that comes up against it is, is you don't like identity politics and then you're using an identity politic essentially and it's, yeah. that's a fair argument yeah. um but i'm just trying to show the hypocrisy in the identity politic and at the end of the day i still think it comes down to the individual ramon's right with the individual choices yeah. this does come down to um that that you you through all oppression and all of the other kind of stuff the the tribulations of life yeah. um you you have a set of beliefs and values and a system which you follow. Certain individuals have different systems, mm-hmm. and those will lead you to different places. Yeah, and yeah. And, um, and don't forget. Uh, with sorry, with due respect, uh, I've got say I've got debt, which I don't thankfully. But say I bought a car for half a million rand. The guy without a car, who's not in debt, is richer than me because mm. he doesn't have any debt. Mm. So the choice I made. Makes me poorer. But you had that choice. He's got a choice to buy a car. Yeah, okay, but here's the thing. And once again, going back to the Jewish example, right? There were six million people that didn't have an opportunity to escape. And they, or there were more than that, but there were six million people that died because they didn't have the means to leave Germany. Or, or the surrounding areas. And yeah. I, I, look, yeah. I, I know, I'm, I'm stepping on a minefield. They were, they were turned back but, from America yeah. on the boats. But, okay, so <laughs> when, I, when I'm saying this, I'm saying this with the utmost respect. Um, there, there were many Jewish people that had the opportunity to leave and to go. Yeah. In South Africa, that opportunity was not available here. And, and I'm not trying, don't, I'm not yeah. trying to say equate that. Equate the two? I'm not trying to equate the two. What I'm trying to talk about is opportunity. There was not an opportunity, a similar opportunity for black people in this country. They could leave and go up in Africa. Do you think that opportunity exists now? <sighs> that, it's, it's a very good question. Because, because, but, because some of the Jews, for example, you're talking about, did leave. They managed to get out of most of our community in South Africa comes from like Lithuania and Latvia, places like that. Yeah. Um, and they left and some of them were early in the 20th century and some were around the war and um, they came with nothing. Mm. These were people that were refugees. They fled with the clothes on their back, basically. Yeah. Um, 
no possessions, and these were not people who were well-educated. They were coming from small towns, usually. Mm. Um, communities, they were farmers um, mm. and, and things like that, traders. And they arrived here. And, and, the local, and they arrived here with nothing. And, and the with, national government didn't know whether they were black or white, so they put them like, sort of the middle because that's racial identity They politics, set up their community, it? and their community values said a whole bunch of things, uh, one of which, uh, for example, is that one of the most important things is education. So you basically almost starve so that your children can get an education. Mm. And within two generations, those people have kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids who are, as you say, on average, mm. where um, most people would want to be in the middle class. Yeah. Okay. And those and those cultural practices and beliefs still carry on to this day. So they are safe. I mean, they are much wealthier today, but they'll still pay for education. Yeah. That is a that is a cultural so, practice that goes back generations. Yeah. Other people don't think education is important. No, true. But the the point that I was trying to make is when when the Jews the Jewish people fled mm. when they went to America, they weren't black, which means that they weren't oppressed throughout that system. So the countries that they landed up in, they had opportunity. Oh, Ronaldo, my, with due respect, uh, the Jews w- came to America and they were told to fuck off. Okay, back okay yeah, home. true. But, a Jewish, a ship with Jewish refugees went all sailed all across around Europe, the world, yeah. around yeah. the world, and they were. De- yeah, look, I mean, they did not um, allow them look to debark, to disembark rather onto land. Yeah, um, yeah, I think we should be very careful with with history and things like that. Yeah. People are cunts. They've been cunts <laughs> to each other for for generations. <laughs> That's true. That is not something we need to argue about. Look, yeah. I the think question is, with respect, yeah, the yeah. question is today, as South Africans, is not what the past did or what we should do to ameliorate that. What we should do to ameliorate it is to do the opposite of what they did in the past. Mm. And we let people decide for themselves what their priorities are, what their goals are, what other issues they want to pursue. And we let them fucking do it. Mm. Because the people that remain poor, Ronaldo, are the ones that uh, rely on the government the most. Mm. The people on the grants, the people with subsidized housing, the people with subsidized electricity, the people with subsidized education. These are the people that are poor and have remained poor because they are the ones that rely on the government the most. Because the government cannot do the work that the people need to do to to have social mobility. Mm. And the more the government helps them, the poorer they remain. I, I mean, that's a fact. That. Of the, that's the fact. Uh, it's a worldwide fact. It's and that's not a worldwide fact. Yeah. So if, the, if as a government you don't talk about economic growth and letting the private sector do the job, you are dead to me. Absolutely dead. When, <laughs> when politicians talk about white privilege or they talk about um, bullshit – Masquerading as, as social justice. Fuck off. Cause you are doing, with respect to you, not you, cause you are partially talking about white privilege. <laughs> but you are doing absolutely nothing. You're virtue signaling to cunts. And that, and what does that make you? Not you specifically, but politicians who do it. Yeah. So I, that is why I want yeah. solutions. So it's, yeah. it's interesting cause we agree on equal opportunity. I mean, you say that quite a lot. Mm. And I, I, it's, it's, that's um, also bullshit. Um, no one believes in equal opportunity. Okay. Shut up, Roman. Just hold on for a sec. I know where you're going with that, but just 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 hold on a sec. Um, I love that jersey, by the way. Is it too hot? Listen, I need a shirt like that, please. Um, because because 
that is okay for for the, so, for no the one listeners. Can see, yeah. yeah, for the listeners, he's got a T-shirt on that has got tears written on it, but it is white lettering. So obviously, <laughs> it's white tears. Let let me reiterate, and I, we can stay on this topic, but white tears and white fragility, they can fuck right off. <laughs> That, that just, is, that just is, extend it a bit more. What, everything white, everything black. No, no, no. Everything you, colored. You see, no. Fuck right off. That is, that is, because I get a lot of people. I mean, as a centrist, you've got this this battle. I, I don't understand what those things yeah. mean, though. And, and what do you mean by that they can fuck off? You and like, centrism can fuck off as well. No, using no, using exist. using that as an excuse. Using well, whenever you have an argument, and, and then it's white fragility and white tears. Like you know that that is idiotic arguments to me yeah. because that is an, ego, an an argument that is tackling you as an individual and and it's trying to take away from from a point that you're trying to make when it comes to white privilege and you get your peter house that uses as, as a weapon and you get your guys from the EFF and from black twitter inverted commas that use that as a weapon and i do not use it as a weapon for me it's just i'm not forcing it on you i'm not saying you need to believe in it it's just something that that from my personal experience something that i've realized and something that i can see so i'm not trying to convert you i'm just saying that this this is something that 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 i can see and something that i've experienced and that is why I believe in it. And that is why I think if, if, if the, the simplest way to explain it is there's a hundred meter dash and white privilege has given me the opportunity to be 30 meters ahead before the gun goes off. So when I win, when I win that race, hopefully I win that race because it'd be sad if I didn't. If I'm 30 meters ahead before the gunshot goes off and I win that race, do I pat myself on the back and go, hey, well done, you, you've achieved so much? Or do I go, it's because of the opportunities that I were given that other people weren't given? That that is just the point that I'm trying to make. That reminds me of that cartoon where there's like a barrier yeah, to a baseball and game. People standing on boxes to yeah. watch it. Equality. And, right. And no one says, take away the fucking barrier. Instead of trying to look over it, just take it away. That's equal opportunity. You're not putting boxes under the small midget. Okay, but you see, that end. is such a convenient argument because now you, you're making it so simplistic. <laughs> just, 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 the child. <laughs> Whatever, the child. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to lose my job. Um, what, what I've got to say to that is, yes, okay, so you say remove the barrier. Great. So now we remove the barrier. Then what? Then that's called equal opportunity. Then everyone can see the game. Okay, but how's it equal opportunity if, say, two of those three people – have have a situation where they can flourish a lot more. So now you, what you do is There will always be a situation where some people can flourish more than others. You, now you're actually calling equal outcome equal opportunity. No, what I'm okay, saying... Okay, because here's the thing. You can take people and you can put them in the exact same starting position. I mean, we all know people we went to school with that were basically in the same starting position. They, let's say, had both their parents. Their parents both had jobs. They had an average house... They had a car, and they had food every day to eat, okay? And they went on holiday once a year. Stargate. Yeah. So if you could take two people like that, you put them together, and one goes forth and becomes a success, and one doesn't. The problem with this ideology is that when you eventually get to the point that we don't have the poor people so much anymore, they're not, they're a minority, and we have the middle class, then what you'll be complaining about, just like they are in the United States, then you'll be complaining that it's not fair that I became a vegan who spends all my time at Starbucks, right, moaning about things, and my friend who started in the same position as me became a rich businessman. You'll be moaning about that. 
well, I mean, you might not, but this is where this ends. I, I would think there, that, that it's just a lazy individual. You cannot. And the other thing is you're never going to start people off in the same spot. No, Ronaldo, I, I you're going to have a kid one day and you're going to want your kid. You're going to want to try to give your kid the best. Now, you will not give your kid the same as Bill Gates gives his kid because sure. you won't be able to. Simple as that. But you'll give the best you as Ronaldo can give your kid and you'll make sacrifices to give your kid that best. Mm. And your best will be not as good as Bill Gates, but it'll be better than other people. Mm. Okay. And then you want someone to berate your child because you did the best you could for, for your kid. And you want them to, your child to feel guilty, some sort of weird guilt when they're 25 years old and you worked your backside off as a parent to make sure that they did their homework, to make sure that they got into a better school. You, 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 you took knocks so they could go to a better school. You took knocks so that they could have a better textbook to read from, better computer to work on, faster internet, whatever it is. Then when they're 25 and they have achieved something and they're an engineer and they've got a nice job, they must feel guilty for that. Bullshit. Bullshit. Different people make different decisions. Mm. Now, your main argument here, that, and the only value I can see is, is that people in apartheid weren't able to make those decisions. Yeah, it was they weren't, they weren't able to do that. That's fine. I don't disagree with that necessarily. What I disagree with is you get no value in targeting a group now because that other group doesn't have those opportunities. Yeah. You have to find a way to leave the one group alone. And in fact, not only leave the one group alone, you have to nourish that group. Because let me tell you something. With the jobs in this country, job creation is not going to come from government. We get back to this point. It's going to come from the people who have money now, be they white, be they black, whatever they are, be they Jews, mm. all right, who build large companies like Whitey Basson built. Right, and he's white capital and white privilege, and he's representative of all that crap. Mm. Right, but he employs hundreds of thousands of people who then are able to make those decisions, put their kids through good schools, get their kids to university, mm. have a car, buy a house, or they're able to make the decision and go piss it all up at the, against the wall at the casino if they want. Mm. But th that's that's the only point I can see the point of relevance. But it doesn't come down to white privilege. So basically, yeah. white privilege is like aspirational. Is well, what you're trying to well, say? Before white privilege existed, privilege was aspirational. When I was a kid, and I was I saw you know something, uh, someone driving a nice sports car, or or you know we went somewhere and I, I you know said to my parents, "Wow, that's cool," or whatever it was. Privilege was. You know, one day if you're privileged, you can buy that, right? It, privilege was something to aspire to. That's, that, it's not, wasn't a dirty word. It was what, privilege was what you achieved when you reached success mm. in your eyes, whatever that was, because that's different to everyone, mm. what that means and what privilege is. To some people, it's a privilege to drive a Ferrari. Mm. And to other people, it's a privilege to have a family. It, 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 that depends on your value system. The only, the, the, the one benefit I do grant you, Ronaldo, is that if you use white privilege to do, to describe it as you do, uh, it, it might make people a bit more humble because there was an element of luck in their life that made them get ahead. Uh, so in that case, there's a slight bit of merit to your argument, but it's not because they're white. 
jobs because I had these other opportunities. Well, isn't charity driven don't. by privilege, an acknowledgement of, of general privilege? So wealthy people who do give charity, give charity because they understand that there are people. It, you even yeah. used to say, you used to say that, give to the underprivileged, right? That was the line. Yeah. Um, but that's it, why there's all these trusts created. that obviously in yeah. a hierarchical system, mm. there will be people at the top and people at the bottom. And if you're like, what we frame as a good person, then people at the top try to help out people at the bottom. Yeah. People left behind. Yeah. Yeah. Look, like I said earlier, I'm using it as a reference for myself and, and, and I'm not trying to preach it to other people. Yeah. Well, then again, I, I, think, I mention it whenever I mention it on my YouTube channel. Yeah. I, I mention <laughs> but it. I think it makes it weaker. It's like, yeah, I, I saw the Virgin Mary. Therefore I'm a Catholic. No, no, no. Uh, okay. Because I have Look, a belief. I think that, okay, let's use this example. Let's say, for instance, that you didn't have your SJWs out there that, that spewed this white privilege narrative as a weapon, right? And it was merely just used as, as a reference point to say that you had more opportunity. And it wasn't given as this, this weapon like white tears, white fragility, white privilege, and it was used as a weapon. Do you think that people will acknowledge it maybe a bit more? If it wasn't, if the axiom wasn't race, absolutely, privilege exists. But this country is completely built on race. Only because you want it to be. No. I, I, Only fact, because you want it to be. Because you perpetuate the ANC's narrative of transformation yeah. all the time. No, no, no. I'm not talking about, well, Yes, the, the the ANC currently are doing that, and but and you're corrupting it. When you look at South Africa, why, why do you think politics is so popular in this country? Politics is so po- popu- politics in South Africa. I would equate to what the Kardashians are in America. People love politics. Po- politicians in this country are celebrities, and the reason for that is because that politics has played such an integral part in the history of this country. Apartheid, colonialism. All the things that stem back is, and I'm, let, let's not go even to colonialism. Let's just stay with, with apartheid because it's fresh. Because that is, um, a, a, the, the zeitgeist argument that I would use is apartheid in modern, the modern day era was a crime against humanity in the sense that it has hap- it happened not even Less than a hundred years ago, where colonialism happened hundreds of years ago, and we can argue the fact that back then it was a fight for land, it was a fight for enrichment, it was a fight for the natural resources. So apartheid, as it stands, is the most recent crime against humanity, and it was done in a modern day era where where America, I think, was like sort of um, fighting, you know, for for. Equal rights, well, the black, black individuals in America were fighting for equal rights. And that is why apartheid became such an international thing, is because they were looking at South Africa and going, it's, it's, we're living in a modern day era and things like this are still happening. But to get back to the point of what you were saying is I think the reason that we are so obsessed with race still is because apartheid is so fresh in our minds still and because of the effects thereof that we can still feel. Because currently we are a welfare state. Why are we a welfare state? Because the ANC wanted it to be a welfare state. Well, uh, yes, it could be because, because the ANC thrives on, on racial division because they're an African nationalist organization. It, dude, why we went from 10 million people on welfare or 8 million or whatever it was to 17 in 10 isn't years. explained by apartheid. But you are preaching to the converted here. Any negative thing you have to say about the ANC government, I'm going to completely agree with you. But, but, and, and the but then failure, why are you buying into the racial narrative I'm definitely, no, I'm not buying into Do you think this country is defined by race when the evidence is against you? Survey after survey after survey, data after data. After, people don't care about race. They care about jobs, education, security. Things yes, like that. They, but they, it's but that's almost like all of us are human beings, Ronaldo, and we want the same thing. I know it's weird. When I walk out of my house in the morning, I don't go, hey, there's a black guy. 
Or hey, there's a white guy. So I don't think that what you're saying is true as a reflection on me. I'm not falling for the race narrative by the ANC because I get accused of it every single day as a politician and, and being part of the, the, the specific organization that I'm a part of. Do you think this country is defined by race? I think the, I think opportunity in this country is still divided along racial lines. Well, now it, now it is because it's enforced by law. In favor of who? In I mean, current opportunity, dude, if you yeah. want a contract, I mean, listen to a talk radio station yeah. and now it's become a thing. I mean, it's, you know, I wonder what people, before you said with the murders, you know, Americans, they hear about the murders, three murders a week. And that sounds crazy. It does sound crazy to them because it is crazy. Um, and uh, <laughs> the, the reality is, is that you go and advertise, take an ad from our radio stations, which now end with, we are a level two BE provider. Um, if you take that and put that anywhere in the West, um, they will be like, you, you what? And then when you explain that to them, they'll be like, what? Um, if you um, put on an, a job ad, um, equity candidates only. That would be illegal in, in, in many countries because it would be against their constitution, liberal constitutions of non-discrimination. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is, this just gets to a, how, how do you fix previous discrimination? Ah, you just discriminate in reverse. And that'll, that'll fix the problem. No, yeah. that'll, that'll solve everything. And, and then what does it really cause? It causes, it causes inferiority complexes. Mm-hmm. It causes Ashwin Vilimsa because what it does is instead of crediting black people with their achievements, yeah. Reaching their privilege. Okay. Instead of saying, you know what? You know why you're the CEO of this company? You're the CEO of this company because you worked your damn ass off and you belong here. Mm-hmm. And unlike your mates who thought school wasn't important and he stuffed around or screwed around in university and dropped out, you worked your ass off and you passed everything. And now you got here because you succeed. No. Instead we go, you got here because you're black. And we get, we get people suing CEOs because CEOs go, I'd love to have an equity candidate because government says I must have an equity candidate so I can earn money. Mm. So I'd love to put an equity candidate. And that person goes, that's defamation. That's defamation because I don't want to be referred to as an equity candidate. But we, the government has created the situation for black people that doesn't credit them with their achievements and their success. Mm. It says your achievement and your success is race based. Which is horseshit. And the worst part, if you are successful outside the paradigm of BE and all that, you're a clever black. You own a dog. <laughs> you watch the rugby. You have wide friends. You are an enemy. Yeah. Of the revolution. But yeah. The the statement that I made was that this country is still divided along racial lines. Only because you want it to be. No, no. And I keep I, saying I, that. I never said it, it was me. <laughs> I said that that is a narrative that is pushed. Do you think it's a fact, though? Yeah. Do you think it's a narrative or a fact? No, 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 I think no, no, it's no, a no. narrative. No, it's definitely a narrative. Okay. Majority of this, this is something that, that I feel strongly about. The majority of people in this country want to live their lives and want to get along. Whether or not they want to interact all, with, all, with… All humans on earth, except yeah, the ones uh, in North Korea okay. who don't know better. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, with the uh, no, seriously, I heard and read something about a guy. They, okay, basically, you, you know, in North Korea, that they they um they conserve, they don't have food, mm. so they they don't move for large portions of the day to conserve energy, Jeez. so that they don't get hungry. Um, they the, the people there are so indoctrinated and so unaware of the outside world that they don't believe. 
They don't they don't know of anything outside of their their system. So like freedom, you mm. think like why how does he manage because he, he's, he's a dictator, but like, how does he manage to oppress these people to this level that there's no uprising? It's not yeah. like in Iran where there is like this, this undercurrent mm. and there's, it's bubbling yeah. and they keep like shooting protesters in the street and it dies down and then it comes back. There's nothing in North Korea. And it's because these people haven't even conceived of the idea of freedom. Mm. They don't even understand the concept of freedom. Yeah. But in every other country in the world where the concept of freedom is an understood Norm, it's a, it's an inalienable, in, uh, inalienable right. Mm. Um, people yearn for that, and yes, it's exactly as you say. They do. They w- just, just want to get on with their own lives and yeah. be left to their. But, you, but, but the problem with that is that in South Africa, we've got this narrative, and we've got uh, the a small minority of people on the left and a small minority on the people on the right of extremes of both that are trying to speak on behalf of the people in the middle. So the people in the middle. I call them the the um, silent majority. They are the ones that don't even care about interacting on social media about politics. They don't care about that. They don't care if they interact with their neighbors. They just want to have their close circle, their, their uh, nucleus, their family, and, and, and do what they need to do. Go to um, Wimpy in the morning, have their breakfast. But the problem that we have, and I mean I, I see it even here with our discussion – is that, for instance, the white privilege that, that I mentioned. As soon as I mentioned it, it there, there was this, I'm using it as a weapon. And that is a narrative, unfortunately, that is coming from, from the far left, where people like us, and I consider us people in the middle. That's where... Speak well, for yourself. No, no, I'm, I'm meaning people that are willing to be open to other people's viewpoints, right? Absolutely. I don't know what you're saying. So even us that are sitting here that, that is discussing this issue... They've managed to infiltrate this narrative that we have here as it stands right now. And the mainstream media just falls for this. Hook, line, and sinker. They, the EFF is a party, um, what is it, 6%? Yep. Between 6 yeah. and 8%. Yeah. So the EFF, if you compare how big they are as an organization and how much airtime they get for this, for the shit that Julius Malema says, compare that to, let's say, other political parties. Or screw that. Let's just say compare that to good stories about South Africa. So, we all know that mainstream media is in the business of making profit for their shareholders and getting as many clicks on their website or selling as many papers and, and for, for their advertisers to make as much money. So we've reached that, that, that critical point where the extreme left and the extreme right, they are dictating the narrative of this country. And that's a very dangerous place to be. Because they are intransigent minority. Um, do you know Nicholas Nassim Taleb? The uh, writer of The Black Swan and Anti-Fragile. And yes, his latest yes, yes. book is called um, Skin in the Game. And there's a there's an essay called The Dictatorship of the Minority. And he says, basically, you only need about 5% of the population to be quite well distributed to not budge at all. And the, and the, the rest of the people will just naturally acclimatize to the demands of that uh, Minority uh, So it could be for anything So in America All cars are basically automatic And car owners Car manufacturers rather know that If you drive a manual You can drive automatic But not the reverse So it's easier just to create automatics For everyone That's why all our food is halal It's Because the people who are not halal don't care The people who are halal care deeply So let's just make everything halal Because it's more expensive to make a portion halal and a portion not halal and things like that. So people like Julius has There's one a, platform. 
yeah. one idea and it's gone to parliament and they're trying to implement it. That's powerful. There's a, there's a better example. Sorry, That's can very I powerful. just uh, using this? So there's a, I think they did a, there's a specific term for this, but um, if you're in a family of four and one of them, say two parents and two like teenagers, and one of the teenagers turns around and goes, I'm vegetarian. Then what inevitably will happen is either the mother now, assuming she, she cooks for the family, will prepare a separate meal for the vegetarian. But that's quite a lot of effort to go to. So what generally happens in groups like that is that the entire group becomes vegetarian. Mm. So that family then now becomes vegetarian. Um, that you th- sort of think, oh, all right, fine, not a big deal. But then what happens is, well, that group's now vegetarian. So then they get invited to their family for a big family dinner or braai or whatever. And it's too much of a mission to try like cater, you know, for like four people who are vegetarian. So that group goes, well, let's just make it a vegetarian meal. And that becomes a vegetarian meal. And that's how that sort of, Thinking and that, will, and that will dictate their, their grocery spending habits, that will dictate many other things. Mm. And with respect, you're not speaking as a member of the DA. If the DA had that, if they were like this liberal, intransigent, dictate yeah, di- party, we're not going to move. We are not here for stupid voters, and we're not here to govern, we're here <laughs> for principles. You would be in a much better position, I would suspect. But I mean, that's just on but the that side. Is, that is one thing that I've I've seen, um, where the leader of the party, Musi, came out and said that if if you are a racist, this this party is not for you, which I think is a bold move to do, considering you know. Well, I mean, it, who will admit to being a racist, Ronaldo? It's like if you're a pedophile, I don't think don't that's, I don't think that's bold in South Africa. I no, think if, if he turned around and he said, you know, if if that was if if that was a part of a broader strategy, so it was like, look, we don't want racists in our party. That includes people like Julius Malema, right? Yeah. <laughs> then that would be bold. Um, if he turned around and said, we don't want racists in our party, that includes race-based policies. And people who believe in them. There we go. That would be bold, because that and that would be liberal as well. Yeah. Um, but it's not bold to in South Africa turn around and go, look, we don't want, um, we don't want any racist voting for us. Racist, racist, racist is the worst thing you can be called in South Africa. Yeah. I mean, being anti-racist so, is like saying. I mean, angry. Oscar Pistorius is going to come out of prison yeah. and and still be famous and still be loved by people, but Penny Sparrow will never be loved by anyone. I disagree with that. <laughs> I, you, I you think she, okay, her daughter loves it. No, no, no. I, I disagree because people feel sorry for Penny, Penny Sparrow. Just as people really? feel, yeah, of course. People feel sorry for Vicky Momberg. People feel sorry for the guy that, uh, that doesn't allow any black individuals to stay. What, what was who, that? Who feels called? sorry for Vicky Momberg? I, you see, I am against what happened to Vicky Momberg. Yeah. I don't feel sorry for her. No, not at all. She's you not you just need to go onto social media and, and yeah, you'll, but, uh, you'll, you'll see that. No, no, social no, listen, media listen. doesn't mean anything. But the point that I'm making is, yeah. for instance, yeah. y- here's, here's the point. That individual that said that no black individuals allowed to stay at his guest house. Mm. Mm. Not much business that guy gets. Kudos to him. No, but w- what I'm saying is, you, you saying that, you know, saying that uh, racists aren't welcome, uh, and I'm using that now. Yeah. There are many people that know that they are racist, and they support people that that are racist. Okay. 
So, but but I'm just saying. So it's not yeah, just. Uh, and, it's, and if Pierre de Force had a guest house, I guarantee you he wouldn't have the renegade reports no. over at his guest house, and he wouldn't let us host an no, event I, there. I, and he'd be cheered, and then the whole of Africa check would check in the following week. So like, and 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 their side would go, "Well done, Pierre." You yes. know. But what I'm saying is, you are you are saying that it, it's a small. It's not even a victory. Whereas I disagree. I think that that racists in this country are still. Uh, celebrated and supported, they, it definitely does happen. I know, and and they happen to be in Parliament, and a lot of well, people Well, yeah, I mean, look at them. Julius Malema so, is, is a perfect example of this. There we go. So, so let's not uh, minimize the fact that a okay. statement like that is so, something uh, that okay. is. If he followed up there. and didn't go into coalition with the racist, I would agree. But he did, so I don't care what he says. Yeah, well. That, is, <laughs> that might be a good point. Actually. <laughs> that that no, is a, that is a good point, but that is, that is politics. It's right? called skin in the but game. Here's a question I've got for you guys. Yes, Do you think that true liberalism exists in South in, in Africa and in South Africa? True liberalism. I don't the, know what that means. Well, true liberalism the, true? The, the 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 focus of self, the focus of um. Well, I mean, you know what the, the individual, of, the indivi- of individual, the individual, the individual is the core is the and, king. And, and and that's that's it. No. You, you don't get true. Do you think that there are, there's any political party in South Africa that's true, a completely true, truly liberal organization? No. So then you, what you're saying is you're saying that this organization needs to be more liberal. It needs to be more this and that, but yet you don't even get an organization like that in South Africa. Well, it was. I mean, I think the DP was, was, was very classically liberal, um, but not anymore, no. I mean, now the DA likes race-based uh, policies, and uh, when when a sports star storms off a, a, a television stage, uh, the leader comes on, and I've, you know, every black person experiences no this. Uh, comment. Okay. Um, <laughs> no yeah, comment. That's not liberal. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's try and move away. Yo, I mean, we, we're on the DA and he doesn't want to talk about the DA. I don't understand. We're not here to talk about the DA, but no, there's no truly liberal party in South Africa. Yeah. And I think the closest uh, we get is, is a social liberal party. And, but I don't think a truly liberal party will actually it's, get a lot of votes. Uh, you see, this is uh, this bastardization <laughs> of words, this sort of socially liberal, um, uh, uh, democra- democratic socialism, like, it's like, it's like calling it, it pedophiles like, child groomers. Yeah, it's that. No, it's like <laughs> pedophiles. Just use a term. Yeah, and <laughs> um, you know, or you know, democratic socialism, where you get to vote <laughs> for the person who's going to oppress you, make you poor, and and ultimately put you in a gulag. Yay! Um, you know, it's that's, that's <laughs> more legitimate than a revolution. <laughs> exactly. Um, Nothing bad comes out of so, it. So, you know, it's it's. I, I just. We don't have a liberal party, but so what's what's the point if 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 we admit to that or we no 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 I, I was that. just speaking on what Ramon was saying yeah. with regards to you know if if the organisation was like truly like this then this would have happened. See, I, I don't know what socially liberal socially liberal. I know what that means in the context of a conservative is not, and then the left is socially liberal. So socially liberal means a conservative goes. Eh, I don't really think you should be screwing around before marriage, probably even. Well, you don't like um, gay marriage. And I, like that, I'm right? not, well, I, traditional I think, values. I think the, 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 that's completely moved off the scale. I think gay marriage is out of the over. Yes, but, 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 but in a traditional sense, socially liberal means you believe in the nuclear family, where yes. it's between a man and a woman, yeah. and et cetera. Yeah. I think, it, and, 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 and socially liberal would be like, do whatever you like. Yeah. Like, like we're socially liberal in that sense. Yeah. At, yeah. at a social level. I think, 
I think it's got to do with the fact that it's got more to do with economics. So I think, and, and perhaps the identity of self. So yeah. what what it has to do with, it's got the fact that we believe in Ubuntu in, in Africa. Oh, we believe in community. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, and I believe you, in the you, Holy Spirit. You, you, yeah, well, uh, what I'm, when I say we, I'm, I'm talking about so, people that, that are socially be, liberal. Socially liberal. <laughs> so you, and clearly uh, you've got <laughs> such an amazing like respect for us. But uh, the, the point that I'm making is that True liberalism um, in in the Western world is it's all about me. It's all about and maybe my family, but it's about the individual. Whereas in in South Africa, the context of it is it, it, it's about me, yes, but it's it's about my community too. So yeah. I think I think look, I, I hate well, isms. I, I've, I've well, made I think, this clear. I think, I think communities are far more important than individuals. Um, don't get me wrong. Well, maybe then you are a social liberal. No, not at all. Because I think the rights of the individual should be entrenched and uh, the rights of communities should be uh, entrenched as well. As a legal, from a political position, individuals matter the most and they form communities. Yes. But um, no, I don't think individuals are cared about too much here. Groups are, groups are very important mm. in, in political, in the political sphere at but- least. That's also an interesting discussion because I mean you you very anti government, um, and I we, well not I, anti I hate it. Okay, well different. there we go. So the 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 argument that I'm I anti. have is that, uh, and I and I mentioned this on the YouTube live stream was that Family Guy had an episode where um, this exact notion of you where Peter Griffin decided, hey, no, I'm completely against this. Like, screw the government. I'm gonna. Pretoria is actually what he called it. He's going to do his own country, his yeah. own rules and regulations. And then what happens is it, it reaches, to, it reaches such a point that he eventually says, okay, no, but what, well, what we'll do is we'll be our own individuals, but, but we're going to come together as a community and we're going to vote on this, which in essence means that they created another government. They've created a sense of governance. Not government. Yeah. There's a big difference. The, the rules and regulations that kick in. Rules exist when people no, no, interact sure. with each other. Rules have to exist, Ronaldo. Yeah. And they exist. They're emergent properties, uh, which has happened for, for millennia and millennia, millennia. It's mm. very, it's a very recent phenomenon for rules to come from the top down. Mm. Uh, often states have co-opted the emergent, uh, rules and then legislated them. Mm. Uh, but it's very new that now the people at the top determine what the rules are. Enforce it upon the people at the bottom. Mm. That's what I'm against. Emergent okay. rules are absolutely fine. Mm. Right. And rules are absolutely fine between individuals, between communities, within communities. Uh, but to be implemented from top down over millions of people, it's, it's impossible to not have uh, bad consequences or externalities as it's called. But even in the communities that you speak of, I'm not sure if you're for, like, how do you feel about majority rule? So, for instance, like what we have in a democratic country where majority well, you don't have of the majority people, rule. Sorry? You don't have a majority rule. No, no, no. I'm talking about, for instance, the ANC being yeah. they, they got most of the vote. So, therefore, they, they are the government. Yeah. How do you feel in these communities of people representing? Would you also then support it as the majority rule or would you want every single individual to have an It depends on the community. That that's the beauty about anarchy that the community decides what it wants for itself, and hopefully have open trade with other communities in the geographical area. Well, now with the internet, you don't care about geographical area. Um, I mean, there are in an anarchic society. If there is a community that that loves pedophilia or slavery, for example, 
Yes, okay, that's a bit more, it's a bit more difficult and complex to work around. But generally speaking, as we agreed, the people just want the same things. Uh, I would say, yeah, let them pursue that to the nth degree and let the internal emergent rules of their communities dictate how far they're able to pursue those things. Mm. I think that's a far fairer and better system than any, um, federal government system yeah. available. Okay, well, I'm asking the questions and it's not my podcast. So. Oh, you want no, to welcome to ask questions. But yeah. I do think, chaps, I actually, how long have we been? I actually do need to go soon. Uh, it's an hour and 45, roughly. Hour 45. I mean, do you have any more questions for us, Ronaldo? I think we've, we've put you through this cheese grater and I do apologize if we were not a little at all. bit. Not I mean, the intention. No, no, of course not. I mean, but that is the whole point of having a discussion and a debate. Um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm all right from my side. Um, I just, yeah, the, the, the problem that, that we, the, the problem that I think that we face as South Africans is, is that, and I, I get what you're saying, that we're focusing a lot on the past in order to move forward. Um, but unlike you, I think that from at least the arguments that you made, I think that we have to. I think that, that we unfortunately have to. And the problem is that, if we had a competent government that took over in 1994, because the ANC was a fantastic uh, revolutionary movement, but they are a terrible government. If we had a better government in place, and I think that we wouldn't have looked at the past as much as it's, what we are doing It's not doing about now. government, Ronaldo. If the ANC was effective, we would be Venezuela. <laughs> if the ANC was a competent government, we would be Venezuela right now. I don't care about the competency. I care about the principles of a government. I care about what they wish to do to liberalize and liberate people. Mm. That's what I care about. I don't care if they're competent or not because people are competent to look after themselves. By you know, a large majority of people are. Uh, if ANC was competent, uh, you know, Venezuela is I where disagree. we would be. For instance, you, you own a firearm. I do. Okay. I also own a firearm. Yeah. So now we are competent to apply for a firearm license. But the government isn't competent, competent enough in order to make sure that we get that license enough. Or now they're trying to put regulation in place that makes it almost impossible. Yeah. So uh, your argument falls flat there because yes, we are competent, but so what are we going to do now? If, if the government isn't competent enough in order to provide us our ability to exercise our competence. But the principle is they don't want you to be. To be to exercise your competence. Yeah, but you're still relying on the fact that you are competent, but they are preventing you from being as competent as you exactly, want to be. Because their principles are, which proves my point, to be that about the control. government is incompetent. No, no, no. But that's a principled stance. Yes, that's a principle. The government is taking a principled stance think, for people not to get firearms. Yeah, but I think that you are not. Seeing how serious it is to not have a competent government. No, all he's saying, all he's saying is. You're, you're bringing up the point, for example, that they're trying to take away firearms from the average citizen. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Ramon's saying that that would have happened far quicker than it's going to happen if they were competent. If they were competent. He's not disagreeing that they do okay. bad things. He's mm. saying that if the ANC was a competent government, we would all be disarmed. Um, wealth would have been completely redistributed. Expropriation without compensation would have happened a long time ago. Um, the economy would be in the toilet. Uh, every multinational company would not be in South Africa, uh, and we would all be queuing in bread lines and mm. trying to stab rats on the street of Johannesburg for dinner. Mm. Um, that is what he's saying, and we just happen to be lucky, inverted commas, mm. 
um, that we have a government who wants to do all of those things. Okay, they don't want, they don't necessarily want to make their people starve. They won't say that openly, but their policies will lead to that. Um, they want to do all of that. They just don't quite know how. Mm. Yeah. Just not competent enough to do it quick enough. And that's the reason why when people in 2000 said South Africa is going to be the next Zimbabwe and everyone said you're insane, they weren't wrong. They weren't wrong. If you leave the ANC for long enough, we will be the next Zimbabwe. Mm. And the reality is is that 18 years later, a lot of those people get to say, I told you so. Um, because, hey, a lot of bad stuff has happened, but it happened slowly because of the incompetence. Mm. Yeah. So then in closing, so mm. I think the last question, what do you think is going to happen in 2019? Uh, status quo. Um, I'm actually hoping the DA loses some support because I think they need to, to reset. Uh, as, as Jonathan said last week, he's, the highlights of 2019 will be Boosie crying on TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Which was a bit cruel, but uh, I agree. I agree. I think, I think ANC high fifties, um, EFF 10, uh, DA, what were they last time? 22, 24? I can't remember. Uh, I can only remember the. I'd imagine they drop uh, 2 to 3%. Yeah, I suspect something. Like I think COPE, I'm not too sure because the by elections don't show them increasing. But if they go up to 2%, that'll be nice. I think IFP will have, might have quite a big run in KZN. Mm. So I assume they will go up. But status quo, status quo. I don't see a huge, huge difference. Mm. What will be interesting, what, what's more interesting about 2019 is will be which policies were policies for the election that then get squashed or d- disappear from the radar. Mm. So NHI, do they really want to kill healthcare? Or is it just a policy they're selling to people as, look, we're going to give you free healthcare, mm. even better than you currently have it? Mm. Um, is it, is it just, is it just a selling point? And when, once we hit 2019 and the ANC secured their vote, do they then pull back and go, mm, some of this isn't a good idea. We're going to change. We're going to fiddle. Um, or do they press on? Um, firearm changes. Like, I think those they're going to press on with regardless. Mm. I think uh, any government wants to disarm citizenry. Mm. Um, because when the, <laughs> when, when the shit hits the fan, ultimately, much easier to to shoot people with baseball bats than it is uh, w- w- if they also are armed. Um, so the policies will be interesting. Um, expropriation without compensation. What happens in, I think they've now postponed it to October of this year, mm. um, in terms of Section 25. And even when they decide in October of this year, there's not actually when they amend it. So that'll probably happen post-election. Do they amend it? How do they amend it? What 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 changes happen once they've already got, um, um, you know, once they've already they've already got the the voters behind them. If I were to guess on, by the way, on that policy, what will likely happen is they will amend Section Twenty Five, and they will amend it to say they will amend they will add in some sort of land type of um, property specification because remember property rever- refers to all property, and they will probably specify land. Um, and then they may say something like unused and, um, you know, uh, non-utilized land and deserted land, whatever, which will still be a catastrophe. 
Um, yeah, but they can do that without amending it. I think amending it will be an issue for them. I think that we can do what we want without needing to amend it. I they, think. they championed that cause merely to get that that card away from the EFF. Uh, apparently so. Apparently so. I'm, I, I, I'm just worried, and I think EFF and ANC are going to. Have coalitions after the fact after 2019. Yeah. Um, as long as they don't get sick, Julius is going home. That'll be great. Yeah, Julius is going I, home. I don't think so. And I'm afraid the DA is going to be out in the wilderness, bro. No. Because you guys were seen as soft, were seen as ANC light. You didn't capitulate or you didn't capitalize rather on you hammered we, Helen Zilla. That's going to yeah. hurt you badly. Um, not you, not you, the DA. Stop saying me. But, I'm Ronaldo Jose, yeah. <laughs> YouTuber. It, it could have been. So much better. YouTuber. <laughs> YouTuber celebrity. It could have been yeah. so much better. But yeah, I don't think anyone will win 2019 in a way that they expect to win it. I think we'll have a coalition government. Oh, that's very hopeful. Naturally. Okay. Yeah. I think we will. Uh, I sort we of hope so. I sort of hope so because nothing happens in coalition. So that's my favorite form of government. Yeah. Uh, you but get I, your wish. But I don't see it happening. Ronaldo. What an ass- this is the longest one, actually. Yeah, we're doing, we're doing better and better. We're yeah. getting closer to Rogan level. Yeah, because that's what we want to do. But only people are interesting. Yeah. So, Ronaldo, thank you. Oh, thank you very much you for having me. I really appreciate it. For yeah. interesting guests. I still um, think both of you are assholes. So is, that, is that all right? <laughs> Perfect. That's Absolutely. how we like to end every yes. show, in fact. Yeah, as long as you don't tweet about that afterwards without telling us to our face first. <laughs> now we know you got skin in the game. <laughs> Ronaldo, thank you, sir. Uh, follow Ronaldo at Ronaldo Host. Yeah, on, on, all, on all platforms, yeah. At and, Ronaldo Host. And on YouTube. He's quite soft with the EFF on YouTube. Other than that, he's quite a good uh, debater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not a master debater like other people we know, but like you, uh, a, a good debater. debater. <laughs> right. Going to cut them off. You can obviously always find us at Renegade underscore report on Twitter, also on Facebook. Join the group to have the discussion. If you really enjoy the show, and even if you only half enjoy the show, why not support us on Patreon? We really appreciate any funding we get. Um, we are self-funded, so we really appreciate any funding from our listeners. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Cheers. This is cliffcentral.com.